Bibles this evening to the book of Psalms. We'll be in Psalm chapter number 61. Psalm chapter number 61. And we'll read the entire chapter tonight for our text, all eight verses. And it's been a great day already. We look forward to the message tonight. And then I'll mention to you that coming up at the beginning of next year, uh, on the 5th, we'll be having a commissioning service for the Stanley family. Uh, leaving for Spain uh, shortly thereafter. And so we'll take some time on, on that Sunday. I wanted to mention that to you now so you can be uh, prepared for that. Uh, but we'll be in Psalms chapter number 61. I want you to listen carefully to me tonight. I, I, uh, I, I will be very uh, measured in uh, what I say this evening because I want to uh, stay focused on the message and uh, give you some truths and some principles to be a help to you. Uh, I'm going to preach from a passage of Scripture that's been a personal uh, encouragement to me. It's one of my verses that I hold to uh, in dealing with the things that uh, I would face in my life. And, and I trust that you have verses that you depend on, uh, Scripture that you go to. And uh, the Word of God is a strength in that area. Uh, but I'm bringing this message tonight. I feel impressed to uh, bring this message tonight as we come to the conclusion, getting close to 2019 being done. And uh, there'll never be another 2019. Not sure if you're aware of that or not, but uh, it is over. It is going to be done. And I mention that because there are some in the room tonight, you faced things in 2019 that you had no idea that you would face. Uh, there were funerals in 2019. Uh, I say that because um, life... You just things in life we have to deal with. I mentioned that, and I want to preach this message this evening because if things have happened in 2019 that you didn't anticipate, I want you to know there's somebody you can depend on, and it's your God. But then I want to look ahead to 2020 because if it was true in 2019, it's going to be through, true in 2020. This many people, this size church, somebody in here is going to face some things in the next year that they never anticipated they would face. And so there's some Bible principles that we can lean on. Well, there's many reasons why I'm thankful I grew up in church. I'm thankful that I was, I've always been around the Bible from a child. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for many reasons, but I'm thankful that I got principles before I needed them. I learned a value of what the Bible says before I needed it. Uh, I didn't wait until I was in a crisis to try and, try and decide what to do in a crisis. Does this make sense? And so tonight, you may not be in a situation that somebody else is in, but I would encourage you to pay close attention and to make note of what the Bible says about certain situations so that if and when the time comes in your life, you've got something to lean on. You've got something to hold to. That's why I'd encourage every young person to listen intently to every message that's preached from behind this pulpit. Because there's going to be things in your future that you face that you're not aware of that you'll face right now. I think every Christian, every time a message is preached, even if it seems to not apply to you, uh, pay attention because the day may come when it will. With that in mind, let's look at Psalms chapter number 61, beginning with verse number 1. Uh, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. 
For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thou wilt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. The specific verse of scripture that has meant much to me and which will be our text this evening is verse number 2. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, and when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Tonight I want to speak on the subject of what to do or what to remember when you're overwhelmed. What to do or what to remember when you're overwhelmed. Father, I pray that you'll uh, take the passage of Scripture tonight. Uh, You tell us that your words are preserved forever. We know that your words will last. We know that your words are true. May we cling to your words. May we uh, heed your words. May we hear what you say uh, in this passage of Scripture this evening. I pray that you'll bless your people. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I wish as your pastor tonight, I could tell you that you'll never be disappointed in life. I wish I could tell you you'll never be shocked at what takes place in your life. I wish I could tell you your heart would never be broken. I wish I could tell you that you'll never have to stand by a graveside of an unexpected death. But truth of the matter is, those things do happen. They will happen. And it's going to happen in each and every one of our lives. Just as my goal and my desire, and I believe my responsibility and privilege, is to be there whenever you have a situation like that, your pastor certainly is not exempt from these situations either. And that's why it's important to have a church family. That's why it's important to have your brothers and sisters in Christ that you can lean on, that you can depend on, to know that they are praying for you. But there comes a time in our life, and as David, King David, writes this psalm, he mentions that his heart is overwhelmed. I believe David was a man, and and the scripture tells us, God tells us, he was a man after God's own heart. So we can draw from that, that David was one that was used to talking to his God. We know that as a young man, as that shepherd boy, when he was caring for those sheep, that he used that time to sing unto his God and talk to God. And if you study the life of David, even when his failures, he got things right with God. He was one who prayed to God. You read through the book of Psalms, you get a sense from the Psalms what David is dealing with in each particular Psalm. There are Psalms that David wrote, there's Psalms of praise. David just got to the point where he said, I'm just going to take some time to praise my God. And all of us should get there at some point. All of us should just take some time and just praise God for who he is. Praise God because he's worthy of praise. You'll find the psalm where David praises him. But Psalm 61, you find a psalm where David is overwhelmed. He cries out to God because his heart is overwhelmed. I believe King David 
is one of the greatest characters of Scripture, one of the greatest uh, men who ever lived on this planet, a man after God's own heart. Man did not say that of him. God said that of him. I believe David was a mighty man. I believe David was a great man. You, you read of the life of David and the, the enemies he conquered and the struggles that he endured and the, and the things that he had to deal with. And I believe he was a great man, a courageous man, a brave man, a man of faith, a man that believed on God. But yet we find in the life of David, there was a time when he called out to his God because his heart had been overwhelmed. There was a battle he could not win with his sword. There was an enemy he faced that no amount of, of battle strategy would circumvent. He had been overwhelmed to the point where he cried out to God. That word overwhelmed is an interesting word. Oftentimes we talk about how at work we're overwhelmed, meaning we're busy, meaning we have more to get accomplished than we have hours in the day. Most of the time when we use the word, I'm just overwhelmed, we're not really overwhelmed. We're just busy. Oh, everything, this time of year, I'm going for, we have work and all these extra things with the holidays, and then I got to get out to shopping. Now, we can say that last time I went to Walmart, I was pretty much overwhelmed as soon as I got there. That word overwhelmed means covered with darkness or calamity. David is not talking about his schedule. When he writes in Psalm 61 about being overwhelmed, David is not speaking of his responsibilities when he writes about being overwhelmed. David is speaking of his heart. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He, he says his heart is overwhelmed. His heart, that which deals with his emotions, that's which deals with the, the result of the circumstances around him. That word overwhelmed, covered with darkness or calamity. If we took the word overwhelmed out and plugged in the definition, what David is saying, my heart is covered with darkness. My heart is covered with trouble. I am experiencing sorrow because of the trouble that I am facing. You, you, you and I know we get a sense of what he's talking about. There are some things in life that we're able to deflect pretty quickly. There are some things in life give us 24 hours and we're over it. There's some things in life, just give me a little bit of time, let me get my feet under me, and I'll deal with it. It's not what I expected, but, but I can handle it. I can balance everything else. But then there's some things in life that overwhelm us. There's some things in life that cover us with calamity, cover us with darkness. Yes, it gets us to a point, even as a child of God, we ask the question, is there a reason to continue on? Is there any meaning in this life. If King David could write one of the greatest men who ever lived, a man after God's own heart got to a place where he could write, my heart is overwhelmed, then you and I could probably get to that same place. You and I could probably deal with some similar 
things that David dealt with. When I think of this verse of Scripture, not only do I think of the life of King David, and certainly I think of David after Absalom had risen up against him, and Absalom had tried to take his throne from him, and Absalom had then been killed by the hand of one of David's own men. And upon David hearing the news of his son's death, yes, the same son who tried to take his throne, the same son who rose up against him, that when he heard of his death, he wept bitterly and cried, Oh, Absalom, Absalom. Well, I think of Job and the life of Job. And most of us, if not all of us, are aware of the hardships that I just preached recently on that Job went through and how everything was going well. And how he was the wealthiest man and he had ten children and he had everything and he was, his heart was in tune with God. And then in an instant he lost all of his wealth. In an instant he lost all ten of his children. And life changed like that. If there was ever a man that was overwhelmed, I would say it would be Job. There's many more examples that I could use. But tonight, the question, and, and I'm, get, trying to get, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself this evening, is not whether you and I will ever face something like this. It is what are we going to do when we face it? When our heart is overwhelmed, covered with darkness or calamity. Let me give you, I've got five statements I want to make concerning this tonight. What to do when we're overwhelmed. We look at our text this evening, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Let me say, first of all, number one, when your heart is overwhelmed, let me say, there is a rock. David, at least when he penned this psalm, had accepted the fact that there are some things that took place that had overwhelmed him. And he was looking for solution. And he said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And let me say this evening, that when we're overwhelmed by life circumstances, when we deal with things that we had not anticipated, when we face just life, as I mentioned this morning, the book of Ecclesiastes talks about if we live, life is just going to bring us some things. When they begin to overwhelm us, we need to follow the pattern of David. And he looked for the rock that was higher than he was. And the, the, statement, the first statement right out, out of the beginning this evening I want to make is there is a rock. And this evening I cannot sometimes tell you when you sit across from the, the, uh, uh, the, the conference table or you, you say, Pastor, why is this happening? Or why did this take place? Or, or, or why, did, why did I not see this coming? There's many times I don't have an answer for you. All I can do is try and console you the best I can, weep with you as I, as, as I, as I desire to do. And, and, but I can't give you an answer perhaps, but I can point to a rock. And a lot of what pastoring is in 2019 and 2020 is just the, the pastor reminding himself that there is a rock, walking to the pulpit and saying, hey, I don't know what you went through this week, but let's talk about the rock for a little while. Now, let's look to the rock for a little while. There is a rock. There is something that we can anchor ourselves to that is unmovable, that is strong enough to withstand that rock signifies one. That rock signifies uh, something uh, that has more power and ability in a shelter. 
the context of this scripture is when my heart is overwhelmed, is covered with darkness, calamity, trouble. Lead me to the refuge. Lead me to the shelter that can withstand what I could not withstand. If you can imagine those, those waves that would, would, would completely cover an individual, but if they could get to that rock, if they could get to that, that immovable object where they can find some shelter, something to hold to, they can survive the storm. And ladies and gentlemen, tonight, no matter what you may face in the year to come, there is a rock. No matter what you may face 10 years from now, there is a rock. No matter what may take place in your life that you do not anticipate, there is a rock. When the year 2019 rolled around, we did not know what we would face. We did not know uh, who, who God would take from our midst. We did not know any of those things. But friend, just like we knew it in 2019, we just be reminded as we look into 2020, there is a rock. There is one that we can depend on. Number two, what to do when you're overwhelmed or what to remember when you're overwhelmed, the second of all is don't depend on you. David said, my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock. Notice this. That is higher than I. Can I, can I remind all of us of something tonight and help all of us? If you could solve the problem, you'd never been overwhelmed. If you were able to, to, to come through it without any help, you never would have been overwhelmed. And I believe that God allows his children to get in situations and deal with things in life just to remind them that there is a rock, number one. And we can't solve all of our problems. And, friend, and that's why, as your pastor, I will pray for you. I will preach the word of God to you. I will pray for, for you. I will, I will help you any way I can. But the majority of my responsibility is to go to the rock on your behalf because I can't solve your problem. And when you have a problem you can't solve, so you've got to go to him. But there are a lot of Christians who stay over. I can't tell you tonight you'll never be overwhelmed. When I was young and I was growing up and, and I was a, a young man, boy, everything, everything just fell right in line for me. And, and, and I met the, the love of my life and, and life is doing good. There are some things that took place in my life even as a young man that I never anticipated. Problems I couldn't solve. But I had to learn not to depend on me. There are a lot of Christians who stay overwhelmed and defeated because they're still trying to solve their own problems. And can, can, can I just say this at the risk of sounding self-serving? You, you, you're making a mistake if you don't take advantage of having a pastor. Well, I didn't want to bother you. Well, well, now, now i got to get in a situation that if maybe if I could have prayed about it or maybe come up with a solution, now we wouldn't be dealing with A, B, and C. You do not know how disheartening it is for your pastor to find out that you had a need, you had a burden after the fact. Well, say, Pastor, you couldn't have done anything about it. Humanly speaking, I might not have been able to do a thing about it, but I could have prayed about it. 
I could have been concerned about it. Well, Pastor, I'm a private person. You don't have to give me details. Matter of fact, the less details, the better. Just say, Pastor, Pastor, I'm going to miss. I'm sick. I don't need to know the, the color or anything else of that. Just tell me you're sick, okay? The less details, the better. If you're, I'm a private person. Pastor, I got, I've got something i got to go to the doctor about. Would you pray with me about it? I know what that means. Well, we've got to be reminded not to depend on ourselves. There's a lot of people in this world. I believe this world is full of hurting people. The different, we've always, this world has always had hurting people. The difference, I believe, in the day we live in today, in 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, is the fact that there's so many broken and hurting people in this world today. We don't have to stay that way. Don't depend on you. David was human. God documented the failures of David. David was wise enough when he was overwhelmed to go to a rock that was higher than he was. And by the way, teenagers, listen. Young adults, listen. Ladies, listen. Talking to your peer about a problem and giving each other's opinion about how to solve First of all, somebody else's problem, and many times your own problem, doesn't do it. So you left the men out of that. I know. But they're guilty many times as well. Just because you, and by the way, it's not in my notes, so don't blame, blame the Holy Spirit. If You shouldn't go to a Facebook group before you go to God. You shouldn't go to a Facebook group before you go to your pastor. By the way, you shouldn't just go to a Facebook group. Oh, there, I said it. Don't depend on you. Number three. Look at verse three. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Third statement, third, third thing to remember, third thing to do when you're overwhelmed. Remember past deliverance. I wouldn't ask you to raise your hand tonight, but I know of some burdens in this room. Because I'm privy to the information. But I know that some of you are carrying burdens that you have not shared with me. But I can tell there's a weight on your shoulders that was not there before. Then I'm smart enough to know there are people in here who have a burden that nobody knows about. I don't even have a sense of it. I would not say and have you raise your hand this evening to say, how many of you know exactly what I'm talking about here? You feel overwhelmed by some situation. I wouldn't do that. But I will do this. How many of you are saved tonight on your way to heaven? If you took your last breath right now, you'd enter into the presence of God. Let me see your hand. Let me, let me that. Okay, if you can raise your hand for that, if God can save your sinful soul, and if God can deliver you from a devil's hell, 
And God, by his faith and his grace, can change your eternity from hell to heaven, and you can be forgiven. And the Bible says, washed as white as snow, and the God in heaven who is holiness, who is righteousness, can look at your account and not see your sin, not see your failures, not see where you came up short, but see the perfection of the Son of God. If God can do that for you, and if God can deliver you from hell, and if God can deliver you from your own sins, then whatever you're overwhelmed with, whatever emotion that you're dealing with, whatever tears you're shedding, and whatever fears that you have, he can deal with it. Because of past deliverance. Number four. What to do or what to remember when you're overwhelmed? Number four is fulfill your responsibilities. Look at verse number five. For thou, O God, hast heard my vows. David had made some vows to God. David had made some commitments to God. Verse number eight. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. I'm sorry. Maybe it's because of some things that I've experienced in my life. Maybe it's some things that I've had to learn in my whole life. But one thing that I have difficulty with in the life of a Christian is when a, when a Christian just decides to give up, feel sorry for themselves, and have a pity party. Fulfill your responsibility. Daily perform your vows. I understand that the weight gets heavy. I understand sometimes you're just trying to survive. You're not worried about thriving. You're just trying to survive. But we still have responsibilities. Well, I'll get back in the church. Whenever. No, that's what you need church when you're overwhelmed. You need church when you're hurting. You need church when you, when you don't understand how it's going to all turn out. And in the next year, there's some in this very room. We're going to face something that we didn't know we were going to face. We're going to lose somebody that we didn't know that we were going to lose. We're going to deal with something that we didn't know that we were going to deal with. And we're going to be overwhelmed by it. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I don't know how I'm going to just, just, just survive from day to day. You fulfill your responsibilities. Mom, you still got to be mom. Dad, you still got to be dad. Husband, you still got to be husband. Wife, you still got to be wife. Sunday school teacher, you still got to teach Sunday school. You've still got to fulfill the responsibilities that God has given you. That is our protection. Because let's be honest, when we're overwhelmed with emotion, we don't think right. We don't make good decisions. That's why before you need this, understand that, that, if, that if I live long enough, I'm going to face something. What do I do? What, I'm, what, what my responsibilities tell me I need to do. Somebody loses somebody and they're grieving over it. They've got to grieve that. What do they need to do? Go back to work. What do they do? Get back in the church. Fulfill responsibilities. Number five, and I'm done. Remember, what do we do when we're overwhelmed? Something to remember when you're overwhelmed? Remember, it's not if, but when 
we get overwhelmed. When you're young, you think you're exempt for everything. And when you're young, you think it's okay to make those old, old, old man jokes, don't you? Until you get to be an old man. Hey, you think it's, it's never going to happen to you. Life is never going to catch up with you. You don't think about down the road. But all of us, most of us, those that have lived a little bit longer than some others, you would testify it's not if, but when we're overwhelmed. I'll make the final points on this, but let me interject. That's why young people, young adults, young couples, you better choose right, right now. Because you don't know the tragedy that's down the road. And the last thing a Christian, the last place a Christian needs to be is in the far country when their tragedy comes. I can testify. I know what it's like. I know what it's like for a doctor to say there's no hope. I know what it's like to bury a child. I know all of those things, and I can testify here. It was not my strength that got me through it. It was a God, and depending on Him, and it was a church family, and I could draw from the strength of other people. I thank God, as, as the book of 1 Peter says, it better if the will of suffering is better if the will of God be so. There's a lot of Christians that suffer because it's the will of God. There's a lot to suffer when it's not. And I'm glad that when I stood at 26 years of age at the graveside of my child, I didn't have to wonder if it was because I was rebellious and spitting years away from God. I could have the peace and comfort of knowing it was the will of God. Because it's not if, but when we are overwhelmed. Look at our scripture tonight. Verse 2, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed. That word when signifies it is inevitable. We use that word when all the time. When I get there. When I go to the wherever. It's inevitable. I believe he's speaking of a current state when he's overwhelmed. But I believe he's also saying when my heart is overwhelmed. And God re re recorded this and preserved this so you and I would be reminded that it is inevitable. There's going to come a time in your life when you're going to face something bigger than you. When there's going to be a problem that you can't solve. When there's going to be a hurt that you can't heal. There's going to be something unknown that you don't have an answer for. There's going to be someone that looks to you and says, explain to me. And you've got to have a rock to go there. But he says, when my heart is overwhelmed. This evening, in closing, it's not an if, but when we are overwhelmed. When signifies it's inevitable. If you're not overwhelmed by something in this life now, the chances are very real that somewhere in the future, I don't know if it's tomorrow, I don't know if it's in 2020, but I've lived long enough to know and know my Bible well enough to know that it's going to happen eventually. 
What do we do when we need to understand that it's a matter of time? What do we do? We go to the rock. Remember the first statement I made? There is a rock. Hey, some, some in here, uh, life has been good, it's not been perfect, but your whole life is ahead of you. What God has planned for you is ahead of you, and things are good, and things are going well, and, and, and you're, you're, you're excited about, about, about the future. Something's going to happen. You're going to be overwhelmed by something. You remember that there's a rock. But let me also mentioned that that word wins not only signifies it is inevitable, but it alludes to the fact that it's repeatable. Whew. Pastor said that we're going to be overwhelmed sometime in life. Boy, this, this, this situation this last year, it overwhelmed me. I can check that box, and I'm glad I got that behind me. Don't ever have to worry about being overwhelmed again. It's not only inevitable, but it's repeatable. Something else is coming. So, Pastor, you're not being very encouraging, telling us that, that life is just going to destroy us. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's just things in life that overwhelm us. And when they do, you remember there's a rock. There's a rock. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful that for generations this church has stood where this church has stood. I'm thankful we have a unique church. There is no church like this church. No church like this church. You know, matter of fact, if I was the devil, I'd hate this church. There's no church like this church. There's children. There's teenagers, there's young couples, there's single adults, there's middle-aged couples, and then beyond that, there's, there's, there's many in that realm as well. But I'm thankful that this church is what it is. We need to be reminded that there is a rock. There's a rock that is higher than I. And when life gives you something that overwhelms you, many in here could testify that when they were overwhelmed by grief. I don't know, maybe you've been overwhelmed by anger, overwhelmed by disappointment, regret. When life overwhelms us, there's one we can find refuge in. We can find protection in. I, I don't know what we're going to face next year. I don't know what I'm going to face next year. I pray that the Lord protects us from all things. But with a church this size, a group this size, somebody's going to face something they didn't anticipate facing. And it might do us some good to when that happens. Instead of looking for the why, look to the who that we can depend on. Because my Bible tells me there's some things God will never reveal 
the reason why. But God has revealed over and over and over and over again in his word that there is a who that we can depend on. I believe many times God waits for his children to quit trying to figure it out themselves. Sometimes, as a pastor, there's people and situations you deal with, and you try and give them counsel, you try and give them advice, and and sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't, or they hear what they want to hear. And I say, Pastor, do you get mad? No, I don't get mad. I'm just, I just wait to see when they're going to get tired of running into that brick wall. And, okay, I think I'm going to apply everything that was said. I think many times God waits for us because aren't we that way? We try and solve it our own. We say we depend on God, but that's after we've tried to do it all ourselves. Pastor, I've tried everything. What should I do now? Pray. I'm going to try that. Probably where we should have started. We all, we all are prone to do that. And I, I believe, and again, I don't know what everybody's going through. But if you're overwhelmed tonight, I believe you could get a victory. I didn't say that the circumstances would change. Other than you not being overwhelmed. I close with this reminder from the, from the Bible. Remember the story of the, the disciples on the boat in the storm? They're going to perish. And then they're in the boat, and we know that, that Jesus is in the boat. And then they remember in the midst of their struggle, many of them were Fishermen, many of them were used to being on the sea, and in the midst of all that, we're going to perish. Oh, yeah. Jesus is in the boat. Go wake him up. At least he should know we're going to drown. Somebody needs to tell him the boat's going down. And they go and get the Lord, and he comes out, to the, and he steps on the bow of that ship, and he says, Peace be still. And in an instant, the wind stopped blowing. In an instant, the the sea went from choppy to calm. I believe that's how a lot of Christians live their life. They deal with that storm, and they deal with that storm, and they deal with that storm, and they deal with that storm, forgetting that all along there is one that they can go to. And it might play out differently. He may not step to the bow of your life and say, peace be still. Because I got to start learning how to say instead of in closing, but but one more thing. Do we depend on him more or less when we're in a storm? When we're overwhelmed, do we talk to him more or less? Sometimes God allows us to be overwhelmed to trim out all the superficial things. We focus on that which is important. Remember the rock. Pastor, I've got nowhere to go. Oh, yes, you do. You've got a refuge. You've got a hiding place. Father, I pray that.